to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle of Geeks with uh, Blake Howard and Sophie Live. Sound of geese honking. It is time for two SERs gaggle of geeks podcast. My name is Sophie, and I'm the host of So Hot right now. To my side, I've got the wonderful Blake Howard. Hello from Graffiti with Punctuation and some other places and some other place everywhere. Do you, do you want to list them or not? <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> it's really like it feels so much more show offy than just going. He's about one eight minute gaggle of geeks. Graffiti with punctuation. Yes, this is the weekly podcast, your weekly geekly fix, where we chat all things pop culture and geek culture. Speaking of one heat minute yes. podcast, yes. which you are the esteemed host of, Blake, um, you had a live event at the Sydney Film Festival. I did. I was really lucky. Uh, I want to thank, you know, I'll take the time on the podcast to thank Nash and Moodley. Uh, uh, who's the programmer and the and his team for at least giving me a Guernsey to pitch them the idea of doing a live one heat minute podcast there. Um, it's a podcast that uh, was born out of a drunken conversation at the last Sydney Film Festival, so it <laughs> seems to like to go full circle. Full circle now. <laughs> it felt like uh, it was, I feel like I've been hearing about it longer, but sure. <laughs> yeah, it was it was that it was that time, and so yeah, look, uh, I was extremely honoured um, to be a part of Sydney Film Festival and and to do the show live there, and I I you know what. I can reveal now is I had a murderer's row lineup of guests. I had Luke Buckmaster from The Guardian um, and Daily Review on flicks.com.au. I had Garth Franklin from Australia's oldest and most esteemed movie news site, Dark Horizons, who is also a dear friend. Both guys are dear friends. And the third person in that main lineup was Mr. Stu Coote, who's the co-host of the Cinephiles podcast, goes on Geek of Oz. Um, uh, he's like the film guy for Geek of Oz website. Um, and all of those guys are my dear friends. And Stu also was you know, super important because he helped me synthesize the idea for the podcast and kicked it off. He's in the very first episode. Um, these guys are like my main lineup of dudes who've been on the show pr- pretty much more than anyone. So I'm really glad you got a lady into the mix. Yeah, so I, those guys were like were my sort of my bedrock and then I, um, I I lined up the wonderful Maria Lewis, who's my former Pod Save Our Screen co-host, former person on Gaggle of Geeks and just a, an all-round prodigious author and legend. And, uh, and I got her to come on the show as well. And I had surprised them. Uh, because I was really happy that all these wonderful folk were there. And I asked a favor of a dear friend who's actually Mm -hmm. emailing me right now on my phone as we're talking. Um, and, uh, yeah, I asked a favor of a friend and, uh, my friend did a really great favor for us. All right. So you're saying a dear friend, a dear friend and, 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 and and, and a huge, and a huge supporter of the one eight minute podcast. Like he's undeniably Mm -hmm. like an essential part of its makeup. All right. Blake, who is this dear friend? My dear friend is Mr. Joe Lynch. What the hell, man? (laughs) What the freaking hell? (laughs) Um, My dear friend is Mr. Joe Lynch, uh, director of Mayhem, Knights of Bad Astem, Everly, um, just an all-round legendary guy, hosts an amazing podcast called The Movie Crypt. So if you're a movie geek like Soph and I are um, as well, and you want to dive down the rabbit hole with, you know, people on the sort of horror spectrum, um, that is your podcast. That is your jam, him and Adam Green. And so Joe found my podcast at the beginning, just to tell the story from the beginning. He found my podcast at the beginning and he was so, uh, so lovely, like shouted it out and said, this is the podcast that 
I need in my life. And then I asked him to come on the show and we've become friends. Um, and he's, you know, been so kind to, you know, introduce me to folk that he thinks should be on the show. Anyway, so in my mind, I thought originally when I was planning, it wouldn't it be wonderful to do like a Skype interview or something or a video interview with an international guest, maybe someone like Joe. And then I looked at the time that I was given at the Sydney Film Festival and it was 7 p.m. on a Saturday night, which is... 2 a.m. U.S. time. That morning. That morning. And uh, so I thought, oh, that's not possible. 2 a.m. 2 a.m. So I threw a Hail Mary. I just said to Joe, I said, hey, man, I've got a really weird request and feel free to totally say no. I would really love if like, I surprised all the audience and the guests that are on the panel if you just introduced the show. And he was like, oh, I could do the whole show. And I'm like, oh, man, it's 2 a.m. I don't want to ask you to do that. And so he came on and we Skyped him in from at 2 a.m. in the morning from L.A. And uh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. For like five minutes, he was at 2 a.m. standing in L.A. from his phone on video Skype and, uh, and, and saying hello to the audience and to the guys and... And uh, he was just amazing. He's he's a legend for doing it. And I was so stoked. And of all of the issues, because there are always issues with live shows and technology, but of all of the issues, that one went off without a hitch. And uh, I was really happy and I just proud. can't believe a 2 a.m. Skype went off without a hitch. Like, I can't even Skype you at 11 a.m. in the morning <laughs> without it screwing oh, up. Don't get me fucking started with all the other hitches. <laughs> <laughs> there were hitches. Oh, I'm sorry. I think they're just like, there were hitches. There were definitely hitches, but... Um, Joe was amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. Like, uh, I was really proud of, uh, I was really proud that, that it all went off and people in the crowd seemed to have a really good time with it. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it seemed like it was going full circle. So it was really nice. Sounds delightful. It was, it was good. It was really good. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy with how it turned <laughs> out. I'm happy with how it turned out. Well, we are here to talk about all things geeky. Yes. So... Heat geekiness aside, yeah, because we let's... talk about that probably every week. Because you always manage, <laughs> Look, <laughs> always you, manage. You've to been kind in. enough to let me blather on in, in <laughs> preparation for the Sydney Film Festival live show that for heat, uh, the one heat minute podcast. So I appreciate it. Oh, good. But we've had it's been a huge week since we last chatted last week. Um, when we kind of started things off with the Sydney Film Festival yes. as well with the Upper Breakers. Yeah, Breaker Upperers, Upper Breakers. <laughs> I still say it's Upper Breakers. You, every time. Every time. Breaker Upperers. I'm we, definitely Danish. Am I Danish? You are Danish. <laughs> what, uh, guys, can we just talk just for one second? That was amazing. What an amazing interview. Listen to it again. So good. Breaker Upperers kicked off the Sydney Film Festival. It was absolutely hilarious. Mm. We haven't even seen each other since like that no, night. We you haven't. loved it. You loved it. I loved it. It, it. I loved it was it. so fun. So fun. Fun. I can't wait. I'm going to watch it again when it comes out. National release in July for sure. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch it again. I watched it two times in one day and I screamed through the second one just like I did through the first. Had an absolute blast of a time. And uh, yeah, so I, I had a brilliant time. And it's been a busy week. I've seen a stack of films. Would you yeah. like me to give you just a little, uh, yeah, like the so cheekiest give preview? Give us your little cheeky preview slash best of so far because it does finish up this weekend. It does finish up this weekend. But if you are listening, so this one's probably going to go up on a fr- on Friday um, or even mm-hmm. or uh, you know e- yeah. even a whisker earlier. But if it goes up, if it goes up on Friday, um, you've still got a massive weekend of Sydney Film Festival to see. Um, Friday. Uh, and uh, Saturday night particularly has a couple of real rippers. We've got Burning, which is the highest rated film out of Cannes. You've got Black Klansman, Spike Lee's new movie. Um, Burning actually stars one of the stars of Mayhem with Joe Lynch. Um, so Stephen Yuen, he's in it. Um, then you've got uh, which is a South Korean movie, amazing. 
Black Klansman, Spike Lee's new movie is coming out. Huge buzz off that. Second highest rated movie at Cannes as well. Yep. So the weekend screenings are sold out, but they are bringing out a third screening on Wednesday next week. Yes. So that's exactly what I was going to say. So great point, which is if you're listening to this over the weekend, right as it comes up, there are screenings around Sydney on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and possibly even Thursday. And the Sydney Fest has done this pretty consistently over the last couple of years, which is great. Any sold out screenings, they usually put on these, you know, last minute screens you can catch at the end of the festival and sort of have a great festival hangover, if you like, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and check it out. But yeah, no, I, I strongly recommend heading to Newtown for it. Excellent. Look, but, you know, you I, have been... I've seen like 13 films. I know. <laughs> have you seen The Daylight is what I want to know. I, ha- I have, I've done lots of Daylight. Um, yeah, I've done lots of Daylight <laughs> in amongst films. Look, I'll, I'll just give you like, I'll give you some quick snippets. Um, yep. My top two so far, and I would easily say they're, uh, let's just say top three, no, th- fr- from the from the bottom to the top. Third one is Breaker Upperers. We're going to see it in July um, at Australian cinemas. You have to see it. It is an absolute scream. It is so much fun. I saw it twice in one day. It is absolutely the... the. It's, it's probably not playing for the rest of the fest, but it's close enough to the cinema for you to just mark it down in your calendar. Late July, Breaker Upperers, must see. Not Upper Breakers. Not... Well, it can be. Um, the <laughs> just se- in my mind, it is the Upper Breakers. The second one has been so thankfully picked up by Umbrella Entertainment, so it will get a theatrical release in Australia. It is Lynn Ramsey who directed the incredible film we need to talk about, Kevin, her latest film called You Were Never Really Here. And it stars Joaquin Phoenix as this sort of strange, detached man, lives at home with his mother on the one side, and on the secret side, his dark side, he's a kind of hammer-wielding assassin um, who goes and does jobs and rescues often young people who are in some kind of danger. It is one of the, it's a revenge movie and it is such a sensory, crazy experience. It does everything against what your impulses and instincts are in such a tried and worn genre. And it's so outlandishly, beautifully designed and beautifully sound designed. It's one of these weird movies that has this incredible score and sound. It's so amazing. It's coming out in Oz. You can see it. Huge, huge tick for me. And I love Joaquin Phoenix. He's probably my favorite working actor today. I think he's one of the greatest actors ever, but easily the best actor working at the moment. And the final film is uh, a film called The Rider, which is a unfathomably beautiful masterpiece. Um, it is... it's one of these weird films that I kind of don't know if I want to tell you this bit of information. It's not a spoiler because Mm. you can read about it straight away, but it's a a true to life story about a guy who lives in North Dakota, who is a rodeo rider and he gets in a really gnarly injury and, you know, cracks his skull and then has to wrestle with the potential that he not only may never be a rodeo rider again, but may never ride again. And it's done by this lovely filmmaker, Chloe Zhao. It's directed and written by Chloe Zhao. The film stars all... It is actually based on a true story, but I don't mean based on a true story in like a Channel 9 underbelly based on a true story (laughs) way. I mean that every single character in the film plays themselves. So... The guy who cracked his head really cracked his head. Yeah, not in the film because they film it after, after the fact. Yeah. It's played by all the people in that film, every one of them. 
And it is it is such a strange experience to watch a dramatization, a redramatization of their life. Um, it is stunning. It is one of the it's just an incredible, beautifully visual film, and it's so incredibly performed. And and I and I walked into the cinema knowing nothing about that whether those people were actually playing themselves. I just thought, oh my god, I can't believe how authentic these people feel. Mm. And then I saw afterwards on in the credits that they were the real people and it just crippled me even further it there is uh, there are some movies that you instantly know are amazing and I'm, i think i'm choking up a bit talking about it the rider is easily the best film of the year and set such an incredibly high bar that i don't know if anything else is going to touch it wow that's very high praise yeah so they're my top three Unfortunately, with a rider, it's likely that we're going to see it on home entertainment in Australia before we see it at the cinema, simply because it's actually been out in the States for some time. Right. And I think it's actually available on video on demand in the United States at the moment. So I'm not sure if it's going to get a theatrical. But if the audience who were all the destroyed, crying their eyes out, like <laughs> couldn't see their phones to even write how amazing it was... Um, Hopefully it gets even just a tiny theatrical release, even in Sydney and Melbourne and stuff like that, but particularly Sydney, um, uh, around the traps at uh, one of our indie cinemas, like your Dandies in Palaces, etc. Um, but I just, yeah, that was just wow. 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 I've seen a bunch of other flicks. Those three are my top three. High, high praise. Well, hopefully we'll see it here sooner than later. Thank you for your Sydney Film Festival wrap, Blake. You're welcome. I only saw the breaker uppers and that was it. Oh, you did it. You said it right. I did. I did. Woo-hoo. But then I then went off up the coast. So <laughs> I didn't actually see anything. That's for fine. The festival. Um, but the, one of the biggest things that's happened this week is Patty Jenkins, who is the wonderful um, director of Wonder Woman. She is back for number two, writing and directing. And so... It is now officially in production because she sent out a couple of photos she, on her Twitter. She sure did. And and we imagine just the poor press release person. Oh my gosh. Just crying. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Because oh. she she sent out the photos and literally like a couple of hours later the press release came out saying Wonder Woman now in production is like, "Ooh, someone did not consult the publicity team no one cares. that." Sorry guys, Patty Jenkins is on Twitter, it's over. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. But there is some yeah, the two set photos are quite amazing because it brings back a character that we thought we all said goodbye to at the end of the first Wonder Woman film. Yeah, it sure did. Um Well, see here's the thing, Soph. Mm. In another movie set in the past, yes. a man named Steve, yes. played by a guy named Chris, mm-hmm. did a kamikaze flight to save innocent people. Yes. And then at the end of that movie, he appears in the future. Did he? What? Really? That movie was called Captain America, the First Avenger. Oh. And now <laughs> due to a photo of a guy in a very delightful uh, 80s style tracksuit, which is Mr. Chris Pine playing Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor is back in Wonder Woman 1984. Which is huge news. Huge. You know, everyone thought, he's dead. He's staying dead. That is it. Diana's gonna... And, you know, you see it in Justice League. You know, she's always padding photo, like photos of him back in his 40s past and just going, oh, so I hope sad. they just... Can I, can I say something right now? Yeah. I hope they... 
100% ignore Justice League ever. <laughs> I really do as well. Just ignore that it fucking exists. Oh, that was not great. Batman v Superman, I'll take it. Well, it looks like it's not going to they have to reboot Batman anyway. No, they, they Batman, yeah, anyway. Anyway. Well, that's another topic. We we'll won't get onto that. that. Stay away from that. But yeah, so the first two images were released officially by Patty Jenkins, which is Steve Trevor and his tracky dacks. And the second photo is of Gal Gadot herself looking reflected back in a bunch of retro TV screens. Yeah, it's like an array of screens. There's Dallas there. She cuts a fine silhouette, Gal Gadot, and she's reflected. You know, it's very iconic. She's got that, you know great shoulders in that stance you can see it and so it's very sort of uh a director of a tv news network series show kind of looking thing because mm. there's like an array of things that are all happening on the screen at the same time or like reminiscent of monty burns from the simpsons in those episodes you might remember like <laughs> a thousand tv screens but yeah. yeah no it's very 80s it's very cool it's very orwellian um the title is very orwellian i, I, I mean i like 1984 i mean i know you really wanted to go in the past with this i like, wanted it further back yeah because I just wanted them to make 40 movies before they ever touched in an uh, interconnected bullshit universe. Well, 84 should be interesting with the Orwellian aspect. But aside from these two photos, they've had some other ones slip through, including one of um, Gal and Chris walking in the street. Can I just say he's wearing the damn finest bum bag? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for Australians, we call them bum bags. For you, anyone from uh, the US and UK, I think some people call it a fanny pack. Fanny pack. He's bringing it back. He's bringing back the fanny pack. And look, <laughs> I'm going to make a commitment right now on this show. Sophie, if you and I go to the Wonder Woman premiere, mm. will you wear a bum bag with me to the premiere? <laughs> make Hello. a promise to our listeners here. Okay, so tracky dax and bum bag. Yeah, like do a full on eighties <laughs> like shiny tracksuit and a bum bag. You're gonna look like the Royal Tenenbaums. Yes, if you do that. yes. I don't. That's a great. <laughs> that is a great thing. All of our premier outfits should be Royal Tenenbaums ish. It's super comfy. It is. I'm not gonna be moving in the seats too much because no. it'll make that like that noise. No, but oh my god, <laughs> I can't believe we're doing this now. Yeah, we're doing it. Soph looks so hesitant. She's like, a I, bum bag I will for commit sure. to the, I will commit to the bum bags. Maybe not the tracky dacks, but I will try find a really poofy like eighties outfit. Done. If that sorted. works for you, sorted, okay. sorted. But the other great thing is in that same photo, Gal Dot is in a very nice like suit pant kind of um, combo, which someone's noted is the same as the series back in the eighties. Oh, 70s, that's 80s. cute. I didn't yeah, notice that. That is, is so cool. The same. Suit collect- kind of combo. See, that 1984 makes so much sense now mm. that you've done that because they get to play mm. with all the Linda Carter stuff. Linda Carter, little yeah. Linda Carter stuff. Yeah, I get it now. Like, I didn't get it until just that moment that you said it because I can really play in mm. that wheelhouse. That's so cool. Thank God for eagle-eyed fans. <laughs> yeah, eagle-eyed internet <laughs> fans, investigators as we call them. Yeah, they're around. Oh, Very cool. Good. There's some other big news this week. There's some other big news that was kind of towards the end of last week, and we're only going to mention it now because, mm. I mean, the big thing was um, a Bumblebee trailer, which is actually the sixth Transformers movie, um, came out last week, had Hayley Atwell in it, John Cena, obviously Bumblebee, the talking mm. Uh, VW Beetle, which well, then turns into a yellow Camaro. The non-talking. Well, sorry, yeah. The talk, non-talking. Talk, the one who talks through song. He talks through radio grabs, basically. <laughs> talks through sound effects. He's a soundboard. Um, 
Yeah, so that movie uh, trailer came out and uh, had had something in the uh, had something to say. Let's just play the trailer for the guys, and we'll even talk over it. So because it's Michael Bay movie, um, um, it is not. No, not a it Michael is Bay not movie. a Michael Bay movie, no, and this is why it might save. It. people out there who need you. This is why you're here, B. You know, B, music can help you say what you're feeling. Try this. Bumblebee, is this going to be the film that saves a bloody franchise? It's six movies in, and the trailer says every every story has a beginning or something like that. And the unfortunate thing is that it's in all the Michael Bay versions of this movie, they've kind of keep going back to the like the past, the past. They keep putting Transformers further and further and back in time, and so it kind of feels silly. However. Sorry, I said Haley Atwell before. I'm going to say a correction. Yeah. Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, because the... you had clearly Peggy Carter I, on the mind. Well, I often do. But <laughs> Haley Steinfeld is the incredible young actor who's also a singer, but she's the incredible young actor who is in True Grit, the Coen Brothers adaption. Mm. Um, she's the lead character, and she's absolutely stunning. And I just remember she got Oscar nominated for it. She's just such yep. an incredible she young actor. She was like actor. 14 at the time she's as well. 14. Then she did. Um, uh, Oh, what was that 17 movie she did? Edge of 17, mm. which is a great teen flick. Like one of the best teen flick, probably the best teen flick since Perks of Being a Wallflower. Like you need to get it in your eyeballs if you haven't seen it. But the director of this movie, as Soph alluded to just before we played you that audio, is the incredible Travis Knight. And if you like, who the hell's Travis Knight, Blake? Is he a drummer for Blink-182? No. <laughs> no. I'm sure that's what everyone thinks. That's what everyone thinks. No, Travis Knight is the director of 
Kubo and the Two Strings. He comes out of the Leica Studios. And instantaneously, you can see that visually, the the action is way more comprehensible. They've clearly used a lot more practical effects. Um, it's a much more anchored story. He just gets how to merge the fantastical with the personal and it just has a way more i guess you know from the original steven spielberg was a producer and the best compliment you could ever give the original transformers movies is that they had a, or the original transformers movie is that it had a very amblinish feel mm. because um you know sam witwicky is kind of a you know is a bit of a spielbergian kind of uh kid really yeah. in, in amongst the michael bay absolute robo craziness yep and uh, it had heart, that movie. Yes. Which is, like, I really enjoyed it, but then... It goes off the rails after It goes that. completely off the rails. And I was talking to my partner about this because he's like, I think I might have seen them. And I'm like, oh, you probably wouldn't remember them because they were that bad. <laughs> Don't watch them. But he, he was like, well, you know, they kind of catered to their core fanboy audience. I'm like, yeah, but hello. The whole geekdom is not just boys now, which is so annoying. It, it's like, it's a lot of people, but no, yes. they just go fanboys. You just want to see machines and Megan Fox's ass. And it's like, no. Yeah, no, not all that. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, Travis Knight, uh, I, I had no desire to see this movie in, in concept. And then they did a couple of things. They started sprinkling in names that I liked. You know, Haley mm-hmm. Steinfeld, Travis Knight. And I'm like, God damn it. Are you going to make <laughs> me go see another Transformers movie? <laughs> well, I'd even touch the Mark Wahlberg ones. The, la- so. the last one was so unfathomably stupid that I, I, I think that I probably am way stupider after having seen it. <laughs> I thought I was stupid after watching two and three. So, yeah. five. You got to five. It's geez. all new depths. <laughs> it's all new depths of stupid. Why does Mark Wahlberg even like it? Money! <laughs> He likes money so much. He's like, am I He's getting... got enough money like every no, other no, Hollywood no, 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 no. star. See, this is what happens. Like, you, you become accustomed to a lifestyle. Like, he's, you know, he goes and makes his... Mark Wahlberg does this. He goes and makes his little movies or, like, you know, modest budget movies with, like, Pete Berg, interesting action or, mm-hmm. you know, genre pictures or... You know, Mark Wahlberg's a great actor. You know, he did The Gambler, which is one of my favorite films. Um... You know, he goes off and makes these little movies that he really wants to make. And then, you know, he's like, oh, I need a new extension on my house or my family would like a holiday. <laughs> and so he goes and does other things. Um, Dude, where are your savings, man? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you're just blowing it. Or he's like, you know, who, who this is this is the other thing. It's like, um, you know, the, there's a great book. If you ever get to read Michael Caine's biography, because he talks about this wrestle, right? Because yeah. Michael Caine went full circle. He went from, you know, this young up and coming indie upstart, you know, Get Carter and, mm. and, and things like that um, early on in his career. Classics. Yeah. And then he moved into like Jaws 3D. Um, and, <laughs> and people are like, and people are like, why would you do that? And he's like, well, number one, shut up. I'm a working actor. I need to work to be called a working actor. And then number two, he's like, well, I really wanted a holiday. And so he just like <laughs> had a holiday in France with his family because that's what he wanted to do. Just a legend, right? So <laughs> so I I can't begrudge the people for going in these movies and making a stack of money because they do make a stack of money. But the last one... Compared to the average salary, it's a bit laughable. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's a Compa- bit laughable. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, you know... If they ever get in on it and they're like, hey, I want to do this. And if, they, if they're smart enough to be like, I want to be on the back end, which means that your your percentage of your salary is based on what the movie makes. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, dear. But yeah, so um, like we're going to talk about another trailer. We're going to save the, the last one for and Sophie's deep, deep 
uh, in touch with her emotions moments of uh, about a flying elephant for the end of the show. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but um, you know, we talked a lot about Deadpool, and it's kind of it's kind of past. But what brought Deadpool back into our geek conversation um, this week? Um, before we get to some other big news, it's just some stupid news. Is this is ridiculous? How much is going on? Kanye West Twitter is very enjoyable. It is even it's if such you, a guilty pleasure. Like even if you don't agree with what you're saying, like. People are like, we're going to boycott him. I'm like, I really can't because you just don't know what he's going to come out with next. No. Um, but he came out with this. So our old mate Yeezy said on Yeezy. Twitter, I love both Deadpool movies. Fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. I heard tracks in that sound uh, similar to mine. Bro, I would have cleared my music for Deadpool. He would have cleared his music for Deadpool. Well, yeah. I mean, look, and... When Kanye West tweets to Ryan Reynolds, a- and aka Deadpool, Deadpool, it's not Wade Wilson, it's Ryan Reynolds. It's Ryan Reynolds who is Deadpool. Who is Deadpool in his home life? Clearly, as well. Yes. Um, he responded with, "Agree. I'm having a word with Celine Dion." <laughs> 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 it doesn't get any better than Ryan Reynolds' tweets. Oh, He's just so good. I would love to see a back and forth between those two, just for. Just for kicks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But if you also haven't seen it, do watch the Kardashians versus the West in Family Feud. They did a celebrity version. And Kanye can't stop smiling. <laughs> it is really funny. Like, he's like, I mean, it went. And he's just smiling from ear to ear. It is hilarious. Okay, so where do we find that? Is that YouTube? Yeah. Okay, YouTube. I saw a lot of snippets on Twitter. Okay, cool. Twitter Twitter and YouTube for those ones. Yeah. Do look out for it because it's gold. The gargantuan news of the week. Mm-hmm. Two big things. Yep. One is TV related. One is movie flying elephant related, which we'll get to. Yep. Game of Thrones officially has a prequel. It's the biggest duh ever. HBO were always going to be continuing the franchise. Of course. But they had five pilots submitted to them. Five. You which know what is I actually like? a lot. It is a lot. But it shows that it show. I I just wonder how they how and who they canvass. I'd be super interested to like to see what other big names mm. were in that list. Because the one they chose was huge, huge names, huge. But yeah, I'm really curious and to see because there's five pilots. I'm assuming all of them are different eras in. Yeah, maybe that was their pitch. I want something that's a sequel. I want something that's like a, a close prequel. I want something that's far off or whether they just opened the floodgates and said, tell me what story you want to tell. Yeah. Well, the story that they actually landed on, which is really awesome, is Jane Goldman. If you don't know her name, you've seen her movies. Um, she worked a lot with Matthew Vaughn in mm-hmm. flicks like Kick-Ass, Kingsman, um, X-Men Days of Future Past, and obviously First Class. Um, the... Game of Thrones prequel has been scripted by Jane Goldman and the big guy himself. George R. Martin. There he goes, right? And this one is way, 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 way back. So Westeros is a baby country. Yeah, it, it really has not been long in existence. There are no White Walkers. You know, the heads of certain families don't exist. It's it's a really, it's casting it back to, to sort of tell the foundational myths, I guess, of the Westeros story, but nothing, there's no sophistication. So if that's like the seen. case, because it's like, it's quite interesting because the White Walkers are quintessentially myth come back to life. Yes. As were the children of the forest. Yes. So what is pre-myth? 
I mean, look, the only person we can ask is George Lucas. George! I think the last time we found the last time we found him, he was in an Adelaide food court. And that's like that's the last story I remember. George, if you're listening, please call us. What's the number for two S E R again? What's the number? Please call two S E R. Soph, what's the number? Uh oh my god. She's forgotten. She's, she's, so... she's looking around the studio. What's the number? I only said it five thousand times. Nine five. No, that's the last four numbers. I actually can't remember the first. Oh, my God. Okay, when Sophie remembers the number, George, if you have a phone, George, you can dial my mobile number. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll just stop this. I'll just stop this. Oh, dear. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, look, I have no idea. But, look, uh, I mean... One thing I like about this, I, I I have a like a prequel gag reflex these days where someone says a prequel, I'm like, nah, can't mm. be bothered. But the cool thing is it's Jane Goldman writing. I got a lot of time for Jane Goldman's storytelling. She's really great, and um, and she's I'm also funny. Funny. She's got great timing, like great humor, and that's why I'm curious because you know Game of Thrones it has its moments of levity, mm. but they're rare. So I wonder what kind of humour, because hers can be quite sickening humour, <laughs> if you think about a lot of the films she's worked in. Yeah, she's got a dark sense of humour, which is good. Mm. I think they need it. I, I think, yeah, they, they, they probably need some of that 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 levity, I think is probably yeah. what they need. Look, and, the, you know, that, that was the other big news, but... Yeah, but, you know, I'm also kind of sad they're not taking on the tales of Duncan Egg, the hedge knight, <laughs> which was a prequel that George Armand has already written. <laughs> I'm 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 fine with it because <laughs> there's a once you know there's no shit list this week our last shit list was heinous but um, if there's one shit list it's all of your Game of Thrones friends who'd read Game of Thrones when the series was still following along with the books and they were like oh, I know what happens with this guy and you're like I hate you just See, let me I watch have the read show. it I have read it you won't I- like that. You were like no, that, but, but because also I'm like, I can't remember which characters, which when you're <laughs> reading it, because it is totally different experience because like book three and no, book four, five, three and four. I don't even remember anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but they were like happening concurrently yes. at the same times. And because it was so far in between books that it was just like, wait, are we still in the same timeline? Are we still following the same set of characters? It's all very different. Wow. So while the while the TV series kind of brings everyone together in the same timeline and they all just kind of progress together, which is kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a relief. Mm. So, um, oh my God, I've forgotten. What? Where's our Weekly Watiti? Weekly Watiti. It's not our show unless we're talking Taika. I'm sorry I'm not J.J. Abrams. They say, oh, Taika, we wish we called you J.J. Abrams. Oh, Taika has been on fire this past week. Oh my God. So we've, since last week, we had like one new photo. Of him, you know, saying "screw you, Shitler," um, literally, yes. like you know, pointing, the f- <laughs> like flipping the bird at a portrait of Hitler himself. This week, it's just non-stop drops of him on set on Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit is looking so fun. Um, you know, he's he's giving. Uh, he's he's giving uh, Scarlett Johansson biscuit holding lessons um, in some photos. He's While a, making a very apt Captain America. <laughs> yeah, Captain America jokes. Um, he's asleep on set. He's holding a fan. He's sticking his finger up to Hitler. But the best one this week, the amazing photo that you have to see is him dressed as Hitler at a table. If you haven't seen it, you need to get on Taika Waititi's Twitter. Um, he's dressed as Hitler. It's <laughs> so hilarious. And 
always is he hilarious, but this this movie just looks so batty and so quirky and so fun. I just can't wait. I absolutely can't wait. Oh, it is going to be so much fun. And while he's also doing that, he's also tweeting tributes to Doug, his cat, <laughs> his mate in Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> who everyone thought was dead and then was alive again, then died again while still in Korg's arms. Oh, I, I know. He's, 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 he's making good time, that uh, Taika Waititi. He oh, loves it. He's so good. Um, and, you know, before we move on to Dumbo, Blake, I have to tell you something. Yes, tell this me. This is a pop culture podcast. Oh, you, oh, I think I, yeah, I'm aware. Yep. Yep. Um, one of our this when's ever so starts a sentence with <laughs> this is a pop, this is you know what's going to happen she's going to make me want to talk she's going to say let's talk about something that's terrible that we have to cover on the show yeah okay well it's in the pop culture scope okay in the scope in the scope okay yeah what are we talking about and the stars of One Tree Hill are reunited <laughs> for a Christmas movie <laughs> hard pass so hard pass I have one thing to say about One Tree Hill this is not anything to do with the show. I have at least one friend who named his penis Chad Michael Murray. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is awful. That is so awful on so many levels. Uh, uh, what is wrong with your friend? A lot. <laughs> Number one, he's my friend. <laughs> so if there's any indication, oh. um, I have nothing to say about One Tree Hill. It was not my jam. Okay, it was my jam for a I was few the dorsal, seasons. I was Dorso, so I was hard on the Dorso. I never crossed over to One Tree Hill. Oh, I was all into that. And, and <laughs> all of them. And uh, the OC. What was it? What, uh, I still watch oh, that. Oh, the OC. <laughs> the OC. Have we not geeked about the OC together? I oh, love the OC. I still watch it again, and I'm like, it gets better with every viewing. It's uh, like, <laughs> I'm all about the OC. The end of season two of the OC mm. is like one of the greatest endings. It ends with Imogen Heaps, Hide and Seek. Oh my God. Still one of the greatest Great TV endings. soundtracks. Great. Uh, peerless. We could, we could talk about it for a million years. And One Tree Hill was happening at the same time, so I was... Getting into that too. But they're reuniting for a Christmas oh, movie known God. as The Christmas Contract. Oh my God. And this is the thing I love. You kind of, this is not One Tree Hill, but it's about Christmas movies in general. We're seeing a lot of gig actors appear in them. Yeah. <laughs> like Rose McIlvan, she's in A Christmas Prince. <laughs> what? Yeah. There's a sequel coming. I'm very excited. Oh so she's from, she's an Australian actress from I Zombie. And um, what's her name? The girl who plays Clark in the CW's 100, uh, another Aussie. She's in another Christmas movie that I watched over the oh break. So a lot of the geeky girls are getting into Christmas movies Look, uh, if, on the side. If it keeps them working a la Michael Caine, I'm really more than happy about it. Oh, there was one big geek blind spot that we usually have in our show, which is games. Um, you know, yeah. uh, My gaming obsession um, is largely on the PlayStation bent. So this week has been E3 and there's been so much coverage and we don't usually cover it. And particularly now as I'm a dad, I literally cannot have time. I just don't have coordination for that stuff. No, I... I, I Push buttons and hope for the best. So. Look, um, I I am, am a very fond gamer. I do like adventure stories and I do like sport games. Um, and this this week was just massive. You know, we had The Last of Us Part 2 um, and some of the gameplay trailer there, which looked absolutely stunning. They did more gameplay trailer of the upcoming Marvel Spider-Man, which looks actually excellent. It's kind of Spidey answer to um, the Arkham Knight series or the Arkham series, sorry, with Batman. But but this week, they didn't really show too much on Red Dead Redemption because we've seen a lot of it. It's coming out in October, but there's this absolutely stunning gameplay debut of a, of a, of a, um, a game called Ghost. I'm going to pronounce this wrong, so I'm ap- apologies. It's Ghosts of Tsushima. And the story is set in feudal 
samurai Japan mm-hmm. and the Mongols have invaded Japan. Right. And the gameplay in this, I, I, I don't want to say it's like a Red Dead Redemption because Red Dead has, you know, Rockstar have a very particular style. They kind of like, bloody. although it's, be- <laughs> no, it's not bloody. It's, it's really beautiful, but they don't do things that are like very photorealistic. That's more right. of like Assassin's Creed's bag. Right. Um, yeah. Yep, um, gotcha. So uh, Ghost of Tsushima is just this app. Absolutely stunning samurai story. And one of the crazy things is the fighting with the samurai sword, what you see in the gameplay, it's none of this like you have to hit a guy like 15 times with a sword. Which, I like those games. Because I can just press X and yeah, it just X, keeps X, hacking. No, like in this game, in the, in the opening gameplay, you see someone that's sort of threatening to attack our samurai dude who rides mm-hmm. a amazing horse through this beautiful field before he gets to this battle and they go to attack him and just with one strike he just eviscerates them and it's so amazing that it's kind of like a Takashi Miike samurai movie a la 13 assassins and you're just one of those 13 and that's what's following you so it's beautiful it looks amazing I can't wait so that one is like I've you know this this is I'm gonna enjoy hearing you like trying to play as you have two children like climbing on your head Uh, you're like close your eyes I'm not not gonna be look I I did play some PlayStation with my daughter asleep in my arms when she was born. <laughs> Heaps. And that's one of the last big stint of playing games. Um, but, you know, I'm very much looking forward to it. So um, if you guys want to geek out with me on that, and you've, if you've checked out the footage, if you haven't, Ghost of Tsushima, I think I'm pronouncing it right. It is T-S-U-S-H-I-M-A. Um, you can check it out on YouTube. It's on their full gameplay, and you can. it's incredible. So that's, that's the last little um, one last minute games, games, games um, update from us, which is rare on the show. We really need to get a games person in, don't we? We do. Mm. For sure. We can sort that out, right? I'm sure we can. Yeah, that's for you. Yeah. Look, hey, if you're a games person and you're in <laughs> Sydney and you're like really, you know, right into it and um, yeah, like yeah, reach out to us. And particularly if you're like an awesome chick in games. Yeah, we want girls in games. Badass girl in games. Girl if, in games. And, and, and if you're on, if you're on this, if you're on the, uh, we don't mind if you're on the, um, we, we'd probably prefer a console gamer. Because it's a little bit more like we can understand you. Um, but if you're a PC gamer, I have no idea. See, I understand PC better than oh, console. So, okay. Doesn't matter Doesn't which. Doesn't matter what, what platform. Reach out. Twitter <laughs> at 2SER, at Blakey's Batman, at Sofa underscore Lie, hashtag Gaggle the Geeks, and uh, say if you want to come on and check it out and talk about games with us every now and then. That'd be fun. Yeah. Reach out. Yeah. Do it. Girls if you're games. a fan of this podcast yeah. and you're a gamer and you're a chick. Do it. Come to us. Come to us. So, come to me, my jungle friends. The last thing we have to do, Blake. We're going to kick Soph right in the fields before we get out of this show. Because if there's one thing... if you, Okay, so things I've cried in. <laughs> right. She rolled a scroll out that has a really <laughs> long list. No, no, things, no, no. It's a short list. Things I cried in. Anything that involves an animal that dies, pretty much. John or Wick. gets hurt. John Wick. I have refused to watch that movie because <laughs> I read that and I was like, I am not watching it. you got to watch it. No, I refuse because I know what happens in the first five minutes and I refuse to see it happen. But what, this is what happens, though. This is what I'm going to tell you. And all people who haven't seen John Wick, if you've heard that his little puppy dies, it's true. But guess what? He exacts bloody vengeance for that dog. I can't. He kills so many guys. He, his gun fu, Keanu, beautiful Keanu, he gets his gun and he shoots the shit out of people in that movie. Me, all of, for that puppy dog. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm very excited for the next batch of Keanu movies. Rom-com. <laughs> yeah, with Winona Ryder. <laughs> yes. yes. John Wick 3. Yes. <laughs> and the other Keanu film is Always Be My Maybe. So it's Keanu Reeves, Daniel Day Kim, Ali Wong, 
who you should watch if you haven't seen Baby Cobra. She's so funny. Oh, my God. And Hard Knock Wife. Oh, my God. If you haven't watched it, go to Netflix and watch I, it now. I cackled. She's so funny and so pregnant. She's so funny. And <laughs> so pregnant in both. Pregnant in both. She's so pregnant. She's just crushing. It's so good. And Randall Park as well from Fresh Off the Boat. So this is a comedy and it's starring all Asians and I'm really excited. <laughs> Great. Really good. <laughs> so right, what Soph was saying before Keanu is that there's a there's a, only a number of movies on her hand that she can count where she really sort of ugly cried, and Warhorse, Warhorse, that's a good one. My I, wife ugly cried. I in the cried, plane and Mum was just like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Can we just stay in the cinema for another five minutes when I stop being blotchy?" Like legit, that so, hurt so much. So this week, <laughs> from the mind of Tim Burton. We got a live-action trailer of Soph's ugly cry flashback, Dumbo. Dumbo. Yeah, I mean, this one it wasn't sad, but you know, when people mistreat animals, I get really upset. This this wasn't my uh this wasn't in my um high rotation as a child. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. Like I saw it, but like I know that some of the people who are listening to this show do this. If someone says a Disney movie, mm. almost immediately in your head or you hear a song from a Disney movie or something like that, there's like this instant like Vietnam style flashback of like where you know you you see it in all those particularly in these Vietnam movies or movies about Vietnam soldiers who like think about something and they get these massive flashbacks mm. you see that but it's much more candy colored flashback of like everything <laughs> in your childhood where you watch this movie 10,000 times for me that movie's Aladdin then it's next is like Lion King like those were the ones that were yep. insanely high rotation Dumbo kind of escapes me I'm like huh Dumbo I didn't really watch Dumbo even like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, I watched so many more times than Dumbo. So, um, terrified, Pinocchio. terrified of Snow White because the witch scared the living bejeebus out of me. See, when I was a kid, I had all the animals on high rotation. So, for me, it was <laughs> Lion King, 101 Dalmatians, ah, The Jungle Book, Jungle Book, Dumbo, um, The Aristocrats, which apparently no one watched because I'm the only one that can The Aristocats. <laughs> I saw that. I love that yes! movie. Because I was like, Did you see Basil the Great Mouse Detective? Which is like Sherlock Holmes as yes, a mouse. It, oh, the mouse. Yes. 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 That I, was great. That was great. Oliver and Friends. I watched all Oliver of them. and Friends. 
I don't know if I've seen Oliver and Friends. I remember with the rescuers. Oh, the rescuers. Yeah, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. That was all about the animal. <laughs> so. Are we talking about Dumbo still? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Tim Burton is doing a live action of a Dumbo. I know. And it looks really good. It looks really sweet. It looks cute. Um, It'd be cute. Hopefully there's no mistreatment of animals. In there this. will be. Um, and, <laughs> uh, at uh, at Dave Itzkoff on Twitter, I did a great tweet saying, finally, Danny DeVito gets to play a sort of creepy uh, ringmaster in a movie and then put up three pictures, one a screen grab from this trailer, another screen grab from Big Fish, and then another screen grab from Penguin uh, as Penguin in the Batman Returns. So, uh, you know. Tim Burton has his, uh, you know, we always tease Tim Burton about the Helena Bottom Carter inclusions and the Johnny Depp inclusions, but this time uh, he's very much leaning on Danny DeVito to do his thing. <laughs> Michael Keaton's in this movie, which is super exciting. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. You know what they've done in this movie? What? They've hired Colin Farrell, which is the better replacement for Johnny Depp that they did in Fantastic exactly, Beasts. Exactly. And then just carried on. Which is what he should have done. It should have just been Colin Farrell with blonde hair. And this hair. is Tim Burton, long-time collaborator with Johnny Depp. He's gone, mm. actually, I'm no, going to go with Colin. We're good. We're good. We're going to go with Colin. So it's weird, Soph, that this is coming out in March and it's almost like Hollywood is feeling that we're nearing the end of blockbuster season, so they're gearing us up for the next it's like, one. what, that March is what, it's 10 months away? It's a long way away. It's so long away. Yeah. It's, but long. it's all the teasers that are coming out. I mean... Bumblebee's out in Christmas, like time. Yeah, Paramount don't have much going on, so they're like, Please. we need to start building some buzz, <laughs> build some buzz. But yeah, but speaking oh of my studios, god. oh my god, we left we, the biggest the news. biggest news out. This oh, was how did we this, do this? this jumped onto our list right at the very. Uh, we're gonna have to say thank you if you've gotten this far through the podcast without <laughs> the biggest goddamn news of the week. Holy shit! Okay, so we've been talking about this for ages. Fox being taken over by Disney. Are we drunk? <laughs> You're on Codrill. <laughs> I'm on Codrill. You're on Codrill play. Oh, Jesus. Okay, here you go. So, you know, for ages, there's been talks of a Disney-Fox merger, which means a lot of their superhero stuff will be consolidated in with Disney. But it's not just the superhero stuff, guys. This is like, mm. they offered somewhere in the realm of like just under $60 billion to buy the entire 20th Century Fox backlog of studio films, which would mean that Disney as a conglomerate could take, you know, any properties, you know, it's, it's just name them. Like they would take that entire thing mm. and it looked like they would, ha- they would make a studio behemoth that would be bigger than any other studio. But then, uh, so the partners and all the people were supposed to vote in it la- this week. No, last week. It was this week. This week. Um, but the thing is. There, there was, was another, there was not, something else happening in the background, background, which is Time Warner. Yeah. Um, uh, which is a massive conglomerate, eventually bought AT&T, which is another telephony company. And that company was going to be this behemoth. And the fact that they were allowed to acquire it because they were worried about, you know, monopolies and consolidation, the fact that they were allowed to requ- uh, acquire it opened the door for a last minute negotiation for another company to come in and potentially outbid Disney for Fox. That company was Comcast. Who run Universal Pictures. Yep. And so it was pretty much between Disney and Comcast. And we've just found out today that Comcast has put down their offer. Which is $7 billion more than Disney. It's $65 billion for 20th Century Fox. What the hell? That's huge. It's huge. And it makes so much sense because Comcast have got the money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with AT&T and Warner um, and Comcast and Universal, 
Um, Disney have already got Disney Marvel and all of their other, you know, ancillaries. I really am excited about this simply because you open up a studio like to, to you open up Universal Studios to really have a significant footprint of blockbusters as well as, you know, great independent, independent stuff, small dramas. And, and then Universal haven't really played in the wheelhouse of, you know, negotiating with Marvel, but I feel like they absolutely could. They absolutely could open the doors to like you know cross studio prom- promotions and things like that. Well, As Sony long- have done it since they've semi given up. <laughs> yeah, so Sony, you know, and and I think I think that's what's really super exciting about it is that Comcast, who who own Universal, are, are right in. And I'm just like, as long as Disney didn't buy them, it keeps the market really competitive. Yeah. Hopefully, keeps 20th Century Fox as a thriving studio and 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 well, sees the... and sees things going really well for both of those studios. Well, just t- two weeks ago, they were saying they were apparently the higher ups were telling their people. to to vote for the Disney <laughs> merger. Bet they're reconsidering their words now with a $65 billion offer. Yeah. I I, I mean, look. $65 billion. Well, it's worth it. They got, a back, they got a back catalog. They got a back catalog. They got filmmakers. They got stars. I mean, it makes sense. I'm excited about this. I'm like, yes, go. Because then, you know, potentially you've got something like... Universal and Fox together, um, and 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 even if that's that means Sony, it means just this huge, you know, if Sony Pictures starts getting into the Universal mm. and that starts melding together as well, um, even if that happened, then you've got this great potential for like at least bargaining power with some of the other superheroes. Yeah, and and not just the absorbing of the Disney. No, and just making that even more behemoth. Yeah, it is. but that the Fantastic Four is gone from Fox now, though. Who do they sell to? No, they like isn't Fantastic Four pretty much gone. Or are they still got it? Are they still like grabbing it with like claws? I have no idea. Well, that's maybe why they didn't announce the Marvel Phase Four fa- plans <laughs> yet because they don't own the Fantastic Four yet. Oh, well, we'll that see. Should be interesting, mm-hmm. especially if Comcast have it. Yeah, come on, Comcast. We'll pay you a little bit for this Fantastic Four. A little cheeky. We'll do something, something. You guys have failed. The Fox failed so many times. Just give us the Fantastic Four back. Just give us the heroes that we deserve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's great. I actually really like this news. Yeah, no, I'm actually really excited because everyone was like, oh my God, it's amazing. Disney merger. Yeah. And we were like, oh. no, no, oh, no, no, we need lots of studios. Yeah. We need it. We don't... More studios, more opportunity. Yep. Very true. Mm. Wow. That was a big show. It's <laughs> long. It was long, but it's going to get bigger next week because Incredibles is now out. So we can yeah, do our review. Going to catch it. Yep. Get a review of that. Um, also, Luke Cage is released next week. Holy shoot. I don't know how I'm going to watch that. Remember when they first came out, like the Marvel Netflix series, and you, we used to binge and not eat and not pee? Not sleep. Not sleep. We've, we've learned sense since then, maybe. I don't know. They're so long. <laughs> They're so long. Every series that's 12 episodes for Netflix, if it was eight, it would be a masterpiece. I know. But then they push it to 12 and then you just like, mm-hmm. I can't hold done. it in for 12 hours. And then you're like, wait, you're like, all right, I'm going to just hold off for yeah. just a little bit mm. and just see what the buzz is. If the buzz is great, you're like, yeah, all right, I'll dive in. I'll mm. go crazy. Yeah. Because you don't want to be disappointed like you were with Defenders. <laughs> Seriously. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, my thanks. Day. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Thank this has you. been a monster episode of Gaggle of Geeks. Um, you're always going to catch Sophie on So High right now on Saturdays and hear a mucho abridged version of this show, um, Gaggle of Geeks. Um, you can find us at Two Ser on the Twitters. You can find Sophie at, at Sophie underscore Lie. You can find me at Blakey's Batman. Um, and around the traps, that's the best place to find me. And uh, you can find this podcast on all of your favorite apps and all around the place. So, yeah. did you have any final plugs? Anything else we're doing? No, just you'll find Blake's reviews everywhere, I guess. On most of the places. Um, <laughs> and finally, if there's, as we said, a gaming chicky babe. Yeah, get in contact with us. We'd love to talk to you. Yes, we would. And look, inter- educate us, actually. Yes. Educate me, really. No, me too, because I suck. Um, but <laughs> but I, I have a very limited gaming, and, I, and I'm also like concentrated dose dude, like... I know everything there is to know about the Gears of War franchise, but that's about it. Like, I, I, like I don't, I, I stay in my so lane. So, someone who games broadly. Yeah, games broadly, games broadly, not focus. I'm a focus obsessive with most things, um, and so yeah, I'm, 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 I would be really interested to hear someone who's like, you know, games tech. So yeah, reach out. We'd love to have you on the show. Yay! You'll have a permanent guest spot on the show. But, but do apply. Yeah, come, Just... yeah, come through. Hey. <laughs> but till next time. Bye.